Next on BYU Sports Nation, what happened at Washington? And what new things did we learn about this BYU football team? How much will the growing list of injuries impact the rest of the season? And what's next after Saturday's loss? Plus ESPN's Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday. Why he is imploring all BYU fans to zoom out. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, October 1st. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who is ready to embrace cooler temperatures, hoodies, more football, and the October sky, Jerem Jordan. October sky, I enjoyed that movie. I do like uh, sweater weather. It just feels right. Song by the neighborhood as well. My favorite time of year when the temperatures drop a little bit. Yeah. And you need a jacket or a sweatshirt to go out and enjoy football and the cool, crisp air. I love crisp air. (laughs) Crisp, cold, refreshing air. Great. You Great. said a happy Monday. It ain't a happy Monday. I Monday. know. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. bring up the energy. I'm laughing to keep from crying, honestly. Jerem, here are a couple of reasons to be happy. Give them to me, Spence. The Cougars in Pullman won. <laughs> Mike and Leach doing work against. Former BYU guy. Woo! See, when Utah loses, there's some solace. Yes. No question about it. I didn't say it. total solace. But there's definitely some uh, P&V solace. Oh. Petty and vindictive. Well, and just on the other side of the rivalry, after losing a tough game in Pullman, I guarantee you they think, well, at least BYU At least BYU lost, lost and by more than we lost to Washington. <laughs> just Long live the enough, rivalry. Enough. Long live the rivalry. Yeah. Here is your Monday show lineup. ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich will join us in about 15 minutes where he thinks it all went wrong for BYU against Washington and his projection on the impact of BYU's injuries moving forward. There's some major ones. We'll break it down, including one that happened in the Washington game. Plus, we update our going for two standings in 30 minutes. 17-plus worked a little bit differently this time around. I get a full point for that one. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want a full point for that one. I know. You want the half-point situation. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 20th-ranked BYU football, no longer 20th-ranked. After losing in Seattle 35-7 to number 11 Washington, the Huskies are up to number 10 now. Lopini Katoa scored BYU's only touchdown of the game in the final minute of play to avoid a shutout. The loss drops BYU to 12 spots out of the AP rundown. Yeah, we're not going to count that anymore. Okay. 12 spots out. Junior tight end Moroni Laulu Puchitao is out for the rest of the season after tearing his ACL against Washington in the first quarter. MLP missed all of last season with the Liz Frank injury and expects to return next season. That is a bummer, man. Crushed. He was leading the Cougars in receiving. Crushed for him, but what an amazing social media entry, if you will, he put out last night. Taysom Hill had a kickoff return for 16 yards, completed a pass for a conversion on another fake punt. That's all he does is convert fake punts. Rushed for 28 yards on four carries and caught a pass in a New Orleans Saints win against the New York Giants. 
The utility man. He'll uh, he'll come fix your uh, your refrigerator as well. He is the Swiss Army knife yeah. of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Top ranked BYU women's volleyball. They're number one. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, they beat Portland in three uh, in like an hour and fifteen minutes uh, to improve to fifteen and zero. Zero lost sets in West Coast Conference play. In fact, in September, BYU lost one set. Uh, yeah. See, BYU's played fifteen sets in West Coast Conference play, won all of them, and now they're fifteen and zero. And this just in: Elise Flake is the West Coast Conference Women's Soccer Player of the Week. Flake scored goals in both matches for the Cougars this week. Congratulations. Well done, ladies. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football just finished the first five games of the season and a loaded September with a record of 3-2, and two, but clearly not in an ideal fashion, losing in a blowout at Washington 35-7. We've had the weekend to think about it. What did we learn from BYU's loss at Washington? A couple of thoughts here. One, Washington's really good. Uh, they're a college football playoff contender. I think they're going to lose another one and be out, but they're contending. They're really good. Top, top 10 team, man. They're really good. We knew this. We knew this, okay? Number two, uh, I said it last week. I didn't think that BYU was the 20th best team in the country. I thought the BYU had a great win against Wisconsin. That was awesome, right? Awesome. I didn't think BYU was number 20, and that much showed, right? 17-point uh, dog, BYU lose by 28. Should have been 35. BYU got lucky. Got a touchdown at the end. It is what it is. Uh, and then number three, BYU's offense has some real issues right now. I'm not just talking about the Washington game. I'm talking about the first five games, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's bottom 30 in offensive points, yards, pass yards, rush yards, and yards per play. This is a real issue, Okay. I realize that BYU just played four power fives, so these numbers are skewed to a degree. But the fact that BYU's bottom 30 in what I deem the five most relevant uh, statistics on offense, which is points, yards, pass yards, rush yards, and then yards per play is a big one because it neutralizes tempo, right? BYU in yards per play is the 10th worst team in the country at four. Stats are for losers. Yes, they are. And uh, losing is for losers, too. Like, BYU needs to have a better offense. When the Cougars can't run the rock, it is really futile. And Tanner Mangum, by the way, had his best passing game in terms of completion percentage, 18 of 21, is tremendous. But it was somewhat hollow because BYU trailed the entire time, and it was all underneath stuff. BYU is not dynamic in the intermediate and and, uh, deep parts of the field. And my concern isn't what happened as much as what could happen, which is if BYU can't be somewhat dynamic, can BYU uh, hang with two potent offenses they're about to see in Utah State and Hawaii, let alone Boise State, and then uh, the very good defense uh, from Utah. BYU did strike their longest pass play of the season against Washington, 39 yards on Tanner Mangum going to the intermediate route to Matt Bushman, and then Bushman, a la Johnny Harleen, getting to the sideline and and running down into scoring territory. At that point, you thought, okay, hmm, just maybe BYU has something going. Penalty. Another penalty. More penalties. And it just kind of felt like everything went off the rails at that point. Like any momentum that BYU had going offensively was absolutely crushed and derailed by penalties early in the game. And you can't do that against a top-10 team and hope to be in the game, let alone win it. 
What did BYU not do against Wisconsin? One, they didn't turn the ball over. And two, they didn't commit a ton of bad, timely penalties, right? What did we learn? Like you said, we already knew Washington was really good. I learned that BYU needs to have their best defenders in the game to be in contention with these top-level teams. Depth was exposed. Zane Anderson, Diane Gawalaku, two of BYU's, I think, five best defenders on the team this year. We're talking about just having some guys out. These are the guys for BYU's defense. Depth was exposed. They missed them extra badly against Washington. And no, I don't think that the outcome of the game changes, but just maybe it's 28 to 14 or 21 to 7 or something like that. If those guys are there, not allowing Washington to convert 9 of 12 on third down. Yeah, zero pressure from the defensive line as well as a real issue. That's but the thing is, BYU set themselves up to do that because they went with a conservative approach because they don't have their guys. Nah, BYU's shown that it's not getting pressure on the quarterback, period. It's not just the Washington game. We've seen five games now. We kind of, I mean, we're almost at that halfway mark where we go, we think we know what BYU is. And uh, right now, BYU is 3-2 and two in spite of its offense. Like, if BYU can run the ball decently, which, by the way, BYU is 102nd in the country. It's not like BYU is a world beater in rushing the rock. Uh, BYU is a good defense uh, with a good enough running game. That's I think what they their are. defense is good enough to be a top 20 defense and deserving of the number 20 ranking when they are healthy. They are clearly not. Injuries have taken a toll. Unfortunately, the injuries are piling up for the Cougars again this season. As mentioned, uh, Moroni Lalu uh, Pututau towards ACL against Washington. Senior linebacker Zane Anderson and junior safety Diane Gonwoku haven't played the last two games. How long are they out? Uh, Squally Canada left Washington's game hurt. He's come out of a couple of games with those ankles. How much will the injuries impact the rest of the season? Well, it's already impacting what BYU is doing right now. So I don't see any reason why these injuries would all of a sudden not be a big deal for BYU moving forward. The good news is the schedule lightens up to a degree. You still have a really solid Utah State team coming to Provo. Hawaii is 5-1. and one. About to be 5-2 and two after the Wyoming game. This Stop weekend. it. They're not losing to Wyoming on the islands. And I'm not going to pay for you at Tucano's because they're going to be 6-1. and one. Well... You will if they lose. <laughs> I already am not paying for you. Or yeah. Bad. Good for you. Northern Illinois comes to Provo after a BYU bye week. Perhaps BYU gets, I don't know, Gawalaku back for hopefully Utah State, at least by Hawaii, and then a bye week to get some other guys healthy. Uh, I have concern that about Zane Anderson. How long is he out? Is it is it is he coming back soon? Is he out for the year? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, how what's long the is the injury? Because at some point, if he's out long enough, then you consider, okay, doing what BYU did last like, year with Marone Lau to put to town, saying just sit out the whole season and redshirt it. Right. How long will and he MLP be out? MLP is going to try and get uh, perhaps uh, a medical. We'll see I, because he I used think, his redshirt last I year. I think he deserves it. I think he deserves it. It's how can it not impact things? greatly when it's I mean we're talking about some of BYU's best players that are out and Zane Anderson replacing Fred Warner is one thing to make it feel a little bit better but you know when you got to go down to the second and third string to try and replace Fred Warner it's just not getting it done yeah you can't can't expect it to be that way listen there are injuries in football some are fluke some are not but I feel strongly that if BYU has to 
stack up a bench a bunch of good power fives in September. That that 2017 and now 2018. It feels like last year a little bit, right? Like the offense is figuring it out. It's definitely improved, but um, you know how much better is is the question? That all of a sudden, unfortunately, these are these are stacking up like. Zane Anderson gets hurt in the Wisconsin game. He hasn't played the last two. Dangal Woloku comes out of the Wisconsin game. Um, BYU plays the majority of that game without him. Butch Palu uh, is playing with a cast on his hand. You know, Kairos Tonga had a, uh, has an injury that we're not talking about much. Braden Elbakri luckily got back in the Washington game. I know injuries are injuries, but uh, Lance Reynolds, uh, when BYU in 09 started with Oklahoma and Florida State and a bunch of these games, said, oh, I don't like this. We're going to get hurt. And and I feel like you're just more likely to get injured that way. So that is a negative of independent scheduling is that, oh, man, if you have to just load up, you might get hurt. And now it feels like 2017 a little bit. BYU's 3-2, and two, but the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. The offense is still trying to figure it out. It's like BYU's 3-2, and two and it is different. But I don't, I don't like these injuries at yeah. all, well, man. Injuries, injuries are just – they stink, okay? I, I don't know how much of it's directly related to the Power 5 lineup. You think about the most significant injuries that BYU has experienced in the recent past. Tanner Mangum, Fresno State, Taysom Hill, well, Utah State. Well, hold on. It was Utah. Multiple yeah, times. It, it was first against Utah. Okay. Well, he tore, he ruptured the Achilles at Fresno State. Okay. Jamal Williams, Middle Tennessee State. I, I don't think it's directly related. It was related. first Utah. I don't, he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Well, he had a concussion against Utah early in his career. Ankle And, and, and then well. he hurt his ankle. Okay, it's against power fives as these well. Are, those are totally different injuries. Like his his knee had nothing to do with his ankle. Right, but your points. Well, they happened in those. Ga- My point is, they also happened in the season-ending injuries happened in those games. Yeah. Period. You can't argue that they were season-ending in yeah. those specific. And you can't games. argue that he was also hurt in the power five game. Football happens regardless of the opponent. If you're playing the SEC every week, then yes, one thing. But the Pac-12, I don't think, is overly physical. And that's the majority of the, these P5 games that BYU is lining up in independence. So it just, it just is it bad luck? I don't know. But injuries are impacting. I don't think greatly. it's a coincidence. Uh, BYU football ho- hopefully can figure it out and get healthy. Get well, healthy. The question now get is, healthy. what now, Jerem, for BYU football? Okay, regroup. And kick some butt and take names at home because BYU plays three group of five teams in a row at home, including a buy in that. So the Washington game happened and it stinks. And I'm really bugged that BYU said four of the four times just getting uh, completely blown out, not competitive in the last four years. That really bothers me. 2015 Michigan, 2017 LSU and Wisconsin, and now Washington. Okay? Not cool. Not cool. So now what? Regroup. You're playing at home. Get healthy if you can. There's certainly some holes in the ship, but it's not sinking. BYU's three and two. If the Cougars can win the next two or three, sit at five and three, six and two, going into Boise State, you're in a good spot. And the goal was to get to a bowl game. BYU's certainly going to do that. That's not in question for me for this season. But can BYU become a better team? The the September to remember is over. BYU's played four group uh, four Power Fives. Now there's three group of five sitting at home, compelling matchups with Utah State, as you mentioned, a much-improved Hawaii team, and then Northern Illinois, who's played a brutal schedule and looks terrible, but typically a quality team out of the MAC. Protect Lavelle's house. That is one of the program pillars for Kalani Satake and every member of the BYU football staff and roster. Protect Lavelle's house. This is my call to arms. It's time for the offense to pick up the slack and carry the flag where the defense did through the month of September largely. 
Okay, you know what BYU's offense can do to give the injury-riddled defense a break? Hold on to the ball and be awesome on offense against Utah State, Hawaii, and Northern Illinois. And you know what? I'm looking into the camera, okay? I'm fired up now. The give, offensive give, give line. Him a, give him a single shot The here. offensive line has shown me that they are capable of dominating a game. The run game, the quarterback, the tight ends, everybody cohesively dominating a football game. BYU can do the defense a favor and let them get healthy by making them play less, by being awesome on offense. You are capable. You have done it. You have proven it. So go get it done against the group of five teams. Win the next three at home. Be bowl eligible going to Boise State. You can do this. Get it done. Help your defense out. They carried the flag. Now it's time for the offense to step up and dominate the group of five teams and protect Lavelle's house. Let's go! Yeah, that's what I say. Why Why is it at BYU the last year and a half we've been like, hey, the offense needs to play better? What? This, what, 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 what? this is BYU. What? This is BYU. Where's They've the shown me that yeah. they can do it. Arizona, efficient, balanced. Arizona was awesome. Yeah, you can do it. Wisconsin only ran 51 plays, Listen, but efficient. Wisconsin dominated the offensive line. That's what was needed to win that game. Uh, but BYU needs to – there's certainly some issues on offense, but I – Listen, I know BYU's 3-2, and two, and I am really happy about it. I'm just looking ahead going, okay, there's a few holes in this ship. It's not sinking. I'm just saying no pass plays of 40-plus. Uh, you know, the run game's not, like, not as good as uh, perhaps we perceive. Like, stats are for losers. Well, they're telling us one story, and that story is that if BYU can't run the rock, it ain't going to be a game for BYU. And so BYU needs to establish the run early in the rest of the game's Maybe minus the Utah game because that defense is legit. Answer our question of the day. What did you learn from the BYU loss at Washington? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right. The response now in from Harris Mata'afa on Facebook. Taking advantage of all 280 characters here. Teams with speed are a nightmare matchup for BYU. Amen. All offensive woes cannot be pinned on Tanner Mangum. True, true. Yeah. BYU's better than they were last year. Yes. Zane Anderson is more important than we thought. No, I thought he was important. I thought he was really important. We thought he was really important. I was very worried that he was I, not playing against Washington. When we heard that he wasn't going to go to the Washington game, we were like, ah! There was a collective groan in studio with 200-plus fans on Saturday night when it was announced that Zane Anderson didn't travel. Like, you could hear the audible... Oh, <laughs> and like five people leave. <laughs> I'm not, not a joke. I'm not exaggerating. A collective groan from the in-studio audience. Harris isn't done. He continues. Number five. I still love my Cougs. Win or lose. Yes. Even as embarrassing as this last loss was, we ride. See you Friday night. I'm very excited about the game Friday. I, I think BYU has an opportunity on ESPN to rebound, to play well, to challenge itself against a quality Utah State team. That beat BYU last year. The old wagon wheel's going to be hopefully back in the stadium. Let's get it done. Let's go. Protect Let's Lavelle's go. house. Take the wagon wheel back. <laughs> Why was it ever lost? Coming up, 17+. plus. Yeah, <laughs> worked a little different this time. Plus, it's Maddich Monday. What did ESPN's Trevor Maddich learn from the loss for BYU against Washington and why he's telling you to zoom out? This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up right after us, Gregor Bell talks with BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner. Today it's Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb. That happens right after us at 1 Eastern time at the top of the hour on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com. Experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, however, and wherever you prefer. Our question of the day, what did you learn from BYU football's loss at Washington? At Moser BYU answers on Instagram. BYU's offense operated similarly to the Cal game. Started well, but once BYU got stopped, they lost confidence in what worked. Yeah, Hashtag you, BYUSN. You can't go 194 total O and feel good about it. And like my stat of the day said, right now BYU is one of the bottom 30 offenses in the country. Certainly BYU played a tough schedule. I'll give them that. But the offense needs to perform at a higher level. Joining us now to discuss the BYU offense, amidst many other things, is ESPN college football insider, analyst, all-around good man, Trevor Maddich, back on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, welcome back to the show. Good morning, you guys. How you doing? We're doing all right. Nah. I- I think that the big picture feels okay, but because of what happened most recently to BYU, which is a 35-7 to loss at Washington, a lot of BYU Sports Nation is feeling a bit of trepidation and, and hesitation. Trevor, what did you learn from BYU's loss at Washington? I learned that BYU is not ready to compete with a playoff contender without three of their most important playmakers. They had injuries to guys either during the game or beforehand that kept them out that they needed in order to hang with Washington. They didn't have those guys. And then they made a few mistakes that let Washington jump on them, and from there it was just a freight train rolling downhill on greased rails for the Huskies. But I don't think you can take this game and say that BYU is now deserving of doom and gloom. They fought hard. They made some mistakes. They didn't have the guys they needed against a team that's one of the best in the country. Remember that Washington went down in the opener to Auburn? And Auburn is a team that's a contender for the SEC championship, and a lot of people had them in the playoffs. And Washington stood toe-to-toe with Auburn with physicality and skill that Auburn put on the field and barely lost that game. And so this is a Washington team that's one of the best in the country. So I I wouldn't rain on BYU because of the the perfect storm of awful that occurred up there, some of which wasn't their fault. I guess the concern is that this has happened multiple times the last several years, 2015 Michigan, 2017 LSU and Wisconsin, now this, where BYU just doesn't even really compete in that game. That is a concern for me. But, uh, like you said, after September, you look at it, you go, okay, 3-2. and two. BYU's probably ahead of schedule, got an incredible win at Wisconsin. So what's gone well, and then what do you think needs to improve? I think the defense has played very well. I think the, they've got playmakers on that side of the ball. I mean, Sione Takitaki, Zane Anderson, who missed that Washington game, which was a huge thing. I mean, they've got guy. I mean, they moved their corners from last year to safety. They brought in new corners. They moved Anderson down to linebacker from safety. They got faster. They're stout on the defensive line. I mean, this is a really tough team in there uh, on defense. Offensively, they, I think, are, are they're in a position where they really just need the passing game to, to somehow take a vitamin pill and figure it out. 
because really they're a competent passing game away from being a, a really, really good team. As it is, they have to compensate for the fact that the passing game is still a work in progress. So that's kind of the way I see them right now. I see this as a team that even though they, they are not up to the level of being able to compete with the playoff contenders that you mentioned or some of the best teams in the country, not yet. But at the same, and sometimes when that happens, when you play a team that's just that much better, when things start to go bad, they go really bad, and you just can't stop it. You just can fight. You can just fight as hard as you can. And I get that part of it. But I think BYU is on the rise, and I think they are in a position where fans need to look at them from a standpoint of, of where they came from and what steps are being taken to take them back to where they want to go. It's another Maddich Monday on BYU Sports Nation with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, national champion at BYU. Injuries are a clear yet unfortunate part of the more physical trend of what football is today. Right now, you brought up three different injuries. Let's put some names to those. Moroni Lau Laputu Tau. Uh, mentioned that he is out for the rest of the season with an ACL injury. Zane Anderson, we're not sure on. Diane Gawoluku did not play uh, against Washington. What kind of impact do you think these injuries will have on BYU the rest of the season, Trevor? Well, it's huge. There aren't that many teams that go deep enough to where when your key starters get hurt, backups step in and there's not much of a drop-off. And those teams are the ones that we talk about now that are contenders for the playoffs, the Alabamas and Clemsons and Ohio States of the world. BYU is not one of those teams. They've got really solid people for the most part across the starting lineup, but the backups are a work in progress, as, as it is with most teams in the country. Now, at tight end, they should be able to adjust, because as good of a, a matchup advantage that Laulupututau is, they've still got Matt Bushman and Dallin Holker back there, and so they've got tight ends that can do stuff. I worry about the guys on defense, though, especially Zane Anderson. And his ability to come back, I think, will be a key to this team just because he's an eraser. You know, you go back and watch, for example, the Wisconsin game, and it looked like big holes opened up. Big holes did open up time and time again. And then all of a sudden, number 23 would flash from out of nowhere and stuff the play over and over and over again. And guys like that are just really hard uh, to to replace when they're not there and that really hurt them against Washington and keep this in mind that the rest of the schedule people think that now that Wisconsin and Washington are behind them hey it's a piece of cake not true the rest of their schedule as we look at it from today's vantage point has a lot of really tough outs really good teams some of them playing much better than we expected like Hawaii so you know this is losing these guys uh, either for the season or for a short time, means that the backups have got to step up and make sure it's not that big of a drop-off. You talk about the rest of the schedule. The next one is Utah State. It's Friday night. It's a short week. It's on ESPN. Uh, I know that your record against Utah State is something you always like to mention, so go ahead and tell the people how you fared in your Well, ask me, ask me what it's like to lose to your rival. What is it like to lose to your rival? I don't know. You'll have to ask somebody else. We were 8-0 and against Utah and Utah State in the four years I was on the varsity, so I'll happily talk trash. Now, I say that in, in fun. I have tremendous respect for both the Utah State and Utah football programs, and, uh, but it still matters, and it's still fun. But this Utah State team is a team that uh, is a, a really – it's a real problem. I mean, the only game they've lost this year was at Michigan State. Michigan State – is one of the better teams in the country, and 
Utah State took them to the to the wire. Michigan State, with a really really good defense, could not stop the passing game of Utah State. I mean, the Aggies torched them through the air. On the other, and they're balanced, by the way. They they have a really good balance of offense and defense there in Logan. And then the defense, by the way, how are they playing? Right now they lead the Mountain West in fewest yards per play allowed. Now, they, they haven't played, other than Michigan State, the, the heaviest of schedules, if you consider New Mexico State and Tennessee Tech followed. But then it also includes Air Force, and Air Force is a team that you're going to give up a lot of yards to. Having said that, they are still the, the top team in the Mountain West at fewest yards allowed. So the F- ESPN's FPI, the Football Power Index, uh, gives Utah State a 59% chance to win this game. BYU only 41%. So, you know, and it gets worse when you think that last week or yesterday or two days ago, I guess not. Yeah, I'm losing track of time. Somebody buy me a calendar. <laughs> the, uh, but on Saturday, while BYU was playing a physical game against one of the best teams in the country and getting some of their key guys injured, Utah State had a bye and they were watching it on television. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a, this is a, you know, a, a difficult game. And so BYU fans should not think that because it's not Washington that BYU will wipe the field with the Aggies. That is not the way I see this thing happening. Now, I get the impression that most BYU fans are a little hesitant about what approaches in Utah State because of what happened in Logan last year. The Aggies have a better offense. And I kind of look at this as, oh, man, this is a major turning point game for BYU coming out the loss to Washington because if BYU can get past Utah State, just maybe that helps the Cougars get on a little bit of a run to get to 6-2, and two, get to bowl eligibility before they go to Boise State. What kind of... Uh, importance do you put on this specific game against Utah State for what BYU could do the rest of the season? Well, it's huge. And you're right, because when you look at the rest of the schedule, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of teams that I think BYU ought to, ought to really be favored against UMass uh, out there in Massachusetts and, uh, and New Mexico State. But for the, the rest of them are all winnable or losable games for the Cougars. And so to get the four wins by beating Utah State on the quest to getting to six for that bowl is really important. But when you look at the, the way the season kind of breaks down in sections, that first section was these first five games. You had two Pac-12 teams, Arizona and Cal. You had two playoff contenders in Washington and Wisconsin, and then McNeese in between. And to, if you'd have said before the season started that, hey, we're going to finish that first section of the season three and two, what would you have said? Would you have taken that? Absolutely. Totally. Oh, yeah. man. Now, it was a different three and two. You know, they ended up losing to Cal, which, by the way, turns out to be a good team, and they beat Wisconsin. Either way, three and two, yeah, that's great. But now, once again, I'm, I'm, the, the football team knows this. The football team, the way they approach things is it, the universe is this week. Utah State is the only opponent in the world forever and ever, amen. That's the way they approach it. But as fans and as media, we look at this thing, and we're looking at the schedule, and we're thinking, can they get to six wins? And I've got to tell you that beating Utah State would give them a huge boost in order to get to that point. But more than that, beating Utah State would be beating Utah State. And all by itself, that is a place to hang your hat because that's a rival and they are good this year. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, always bringing it. Uh, Trevor, we're essentially at the midway point of the season, uh, so let's finish with this. What's been the best thing you've seen in college football for the first five, six weeks of the season? 
utter, absolute, spectacular, high-scoring dominance at the top of college football. Alabama right now is shaping up to be one of the best teams in the history of college football. And it'll, you know, their schedule gets tougher as we go along where they got to face LSU and Auburn and some other highly ranked teams. But the fact that they've added to a Tongo Vailoa at quarterback and his ability to flick that ball down the field with his wrist, 60 yards in the air, on a, drop it on a dime like the BYU quarterbacks of old, Adding that to their offense makes them such a formidable beast, it's unbelievable. Because in the past, what you had to do with Alabama is stack the line of scrimmage, try to slow down the run, and not worry too much that their quarterback could be able to burn you over the top against man coverage because they couldn't do it that well. Now they can do both. And that plays into the hands of their defense. Now, you throw into it. Other teams like Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins, Oklahoma with Kyler Murray at quarterback. High-powered scoring machines. And truthfully, I can't wait to see these guys clash as we get to the end of the season in bowl games and playoffs. Trevor, always great to talk to you. You bring it on Maddich Monday every single week. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, Trevor just mentioned it. Does the 3-2 record give you any solace? We'll discuss. There are no half points this week in going for two. Although it would have been nice to have another half point, Mm -hmm. given the protocol we set up. But did you make up any ground in my lead in going for two? Let's go ahead and recap that next as well. This is BYU Sports Nation. I know the answer. I'm not going to answer. Tuesday nights on BYU TV, Breakdown Cougar Football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fallon, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's Tuesdays at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. We have much to yeah, do baby. and not much time left to do it, so let's keep it rolling with today's BYUSN headlines. 20th ranked BYU football, no longer ranked 20th after losing in Seattle to That's 11th ranked Washington 35-7. Lopini Katoa did score a late touchdown to help BYU yes. avoid the shutout. Yes. BYU 12 spots out of the AP poll for anybody wondering. Tanner Mangum did complete 18 of 21 passes for 160 yards. Junior tight end Moroni Laulu Pututau is out for the rest of the season after tearing his ACL against Washington in the first quarter. MLP missed all of last year with a Liz Frank injury. And expects to return next season. That is terrible news. Taysom Hill continues his role as the most interesting man in the NFL. He had a kickoff return for 16 yards, blocked for Alvin Kamara, who scored three touchdowns, converted a fake punt with a pass, four carries for 28 yards rushing in a New Orleans Saints win against the New York Giants. He finished the game one for two passing, actually, Jerem, for 10 yards, and it could have been that he threw a touchdown pass, but it was dropped by the receiver. Ugh. Classic. And top-ranked BYU women's volleyball beat Portland in three Saturdays. Cougars improved to 15-0. Zero lost sets in West Coast Conference play so far. In fact, in September, BYU lost one set. That's awesome, man. 15 sets played in West Coast Conference action. All 15-1. They are winning each of those sets in WCC play by an average margin of 11 points. That is a large margin. The average set is 25-14. to that is bonkers. Our programming team is uh, freaking out because they're like, well, how do we fill the time? Like, we're used <laughs> to a longer match. Like, yeah. a long match is an hour and 20 minutes now, which is ridiculous. And you get paid the same, so that's it's good for ridiculous. you. It's yeah. ridiculous. Hooray! Uh, another hooray, because we are going for two now. 
Can you predict the future? Nah. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, let's establish the ground rules once again if you're new to the program. No touching of the hair and face, and that's it! <laughs> going for two. We each make two predictions before each BYU football game. They're both worth one point each, so a maximum of two points scored each week if you get both your picks right. Jerem, let's recap. And by a point and a half. And review. And, and I am up five to three and a half. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, my first pick, Washington wins by 17+. plus. Unfortunately, I was correct, as I often am. Now, when the reverse curse is in play, which it was, or we yes. wanted it to be, you get yes. you still get a half point for sacrificing your pick. Yes, because I'm all about the sacrifice, you know? Okay, um, all right. Yeah. Uh, uh, going for two pick that isn't... Okay, anyway. Number two, BYU will pass for 150 or fewer. <laughs> You're for 160. Tanner Mangum. Oh, what a big number. Yeah, I missed that one. 18 for 21, 160. Yeah. No, I, I want BYU to throw for 200-plus each game. I'm lowering my standard. I said 225 last week. It's down to two. Okay. I would, I would love 200 be, yards passing. It might passing. be 180. I would love 200 yards passing. BYU had that BYU. against Arizona. BYU yeah. had it against Arizona. Yes, 209. All right. Only game. BYU's been over 200. Only game. My going for two picks. Number one, BYU will score 13 or more first-half points. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. You like them donuts. <laughs> First team to score 24 points wins the game. That magical number of 24 <laughs> happens all the time. First team to 24 wins the game. That's the first time BYU has allowed more than 24 points all season. Yeah. 35. They had their biggest deficit in that game. There were a lot I of really firsts. I thought I would make up ground here. There were a lot of unhappy firsts for BYU football in the game against Washington. Yeah. Uh, so you are still up a point and a half. Six, Six total points for me. Four and a half. And we have made ten total picks. So I'm sub 500 and you're above 500. Correct. There you go. Okay. That's very neato. <laughs> anyway, coming up, Taysom Hill has his first NFL passing touchdown. Oh. It was dropped. And other Cougars in the NFL. He is the most interesting man in the NFL. I'm convinced. Plus, how did other BYU opponents fare this weekend? Well, it wasn't as good as last weekend, that's for sure. Yeah. And more from you in Voice of the Nation. At least Hawaii hasn't cost me Tucanos yet. This is BYU Sports. Yet. Well, go, go Pokes, man. Go Pokes. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake as host Greg Rubel talks with Satake, a player and an assistant coach. It's Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation, with our question of the day. What did you learn about BYU football against Washington? You can send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. All right, Jeremy, we do this every week. We take a look back at what all of BYU's opponents mm-hmm. have done in the previous week of college football to try and assess how things are going with BYU's strength of schedule and rightly to try and make ourselves feel better when BYU loses 35-7. to To distract. Is that why we do it? To distract. So let's start with BYU's next opponent. Roll the music. The Utah State Aggies had a bye week as they prepare for BYU this Friday, the Cougars on a short week. Utah State 3-1 and one on the season, and according to ESPN's Football Power Index, a 58.8% chance of winning in Provo on Friday night. Stats are for losers. Are they? Okay, uh, Hawaii beat San Jose State on the road 44-41 and 
five overtime battle. Five overtime. If San Jose State would have won that, you'd owe me two comes. Yep. I'm nope. really mad. Not buying you lunch Jose. yet, hey, man. Joseph. Hawaii is five and one. And this just in. Uh, BYU and Hawaii next week will be played on Saturday, of course, at 10.15 Eastern time on ESPN2. So one of those late kicks, but on ESPN2, which is great. And that's a good thing. Better than, Hawaii, that's a good thing for Hawaii. Yes, too. could could have been ESPNU. Better on two, right? We'll take ESPNU, but better on two. So there you go. BYU faces Northern Illinois on October 27th. The Huskies and another multiple overtime game along with Hawaii and San Jose State beat Eastern Michigan 26-23, but only took three overtimes to do that. The Huskies are now two and three. Their defense is pretty solid. Their offense struggling a la BYU statistically. And they played a really tough schedule as well. Boise State, the Broncos get a 20-point victory in Laramie against Wyoming, 34-14, moving to 3-1. Brett Rippon passed for 300-plus in his fourth straight game. UMass. I'm, I'm going to say it now. That should be a guaranteed win for BYU <laughs> in November. They're just not good. You finally with me? They're 2-4 and four on the season with a 58-42 loss at Ohio. And we should mention Mark Whipple had some comments. He has been suspended, uh, some inappropriate comments uh, as deemed by administration so his the head coach for the time is suspended from that team uh new mexico state gets their first win of the season beating utep 27 20 the uh box headsets were not rigged like the BYU game in the 80s the aggies are one and four again how bad is utep wow. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yes and the utah utes at wazoo an 89 yard touchdown pass from the cougars in washington Helped beat the Cougar or helped beat the Utes rather 28-24. The Utes are now two and two, 0 and two in Pac-12 play, and they got to go to Stanford next week. Look out, go opponents. Okay, previous BYU opponents: Arizona lost USC 24-20, two and three on the year now. Moral victory right here, Jerem. BYU beat Arizona in Tucson by more points than USC did. Yay! <laughs> Cal suffers their first loss of the season against 19th ranked Oregon, 42-24. The Bears three and one. They also dropped out of the top 25. Wisconsin had a bye week, so they stay at 3-1, but dropped a spot to 15th in the AP poll. McNeese State remains the only that loss. Was McNeese. BYU remains the only loss for the Cowboys as they returned home this week to beat Stephen at Boston 17-10. They're a good FCS team. McNeese sure. will be in the playoffs. They're really good for the FCS. I don't want to break down FCS right now. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. They're, yeah, they're, they're a good FCS team. We'll break it. Let's not do that. Now to Voice of the Nation. What did you learn from BYU's loss at Washington? Tammy Wilson answers on Facebook that BYU still has more work to do, but moving in the right direction. Three and two is not where most thought BYU would be at this point. Uh, we hope that BYU moves in the right direction. BYU took a major step back. They took a major step back against Washington. Realistic. That's the best team BYU will play all year, though, now. Better than Wisconsin, it would appear, right? Because BYU won one game and lost the other. But uh, BYU needs to beat Utah State on Friday, and then they play a tough Hawaii team the next week, and then Northern Illinois. So BYU has an opportunity here to play three quality opponents that are in the group of five uh, and go on a little run here. If BYU gets to 6-2, and two, we're going to feel good again. Right now it's like, ah, lost the ranking, at, you know, out of the top 25, got blown out, embarrassed on national TV. Opportunities at home. Protect the house, as you said. Realistic best case for us going into the season, we thought, was 3-2 and two in the first five. Here we are. 
and here we are. Yeah, I just don't, I never want to get embarrassed, ever, ever, ever. Coming up, Taysom Hill did 17 things yesterday to tell you about it. And Fred Warner continues to thrive in his rookie season for the Niners. Maybe Taysom Hill got the 17-plus thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, Washington didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah. And two different sweeps for BYU Athletics collectively over the weekend. More on this in a loaded whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, ESPN college football expert in insider, Trevor Maddich. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time, even though we have like five and a half minutes left. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. 20th ranked BYU lost in Seattle, 35-7 versus number 11, Washington. Lupini Katoa scored BYU's only touchdown of the game with 45 seconds to go. Predictably, Cougars fell out of the AP poll like Haley's Comet. The kick time and broadcast info have just been released for BYU-Hawaii game. That game will kick late, 10-15 Eastern, 8-15 Mountain, live on ESPN2, Saturday, October 13th. And junior tight end Moroni Laulu Pututau revealed he is out for the season with an ACL tear. MLP had 14 catches for 120 and a touchdown to lead BYU in the first four games of the season. Cougars in the NFL. New Orleans Saints utility man Taysom Hill had a kickoff return for 16 yards. Blocked for Alvin Kamara, who had an amazing game for the Saints. Hill converted a fake punt with a pass and had four carries for 28 yards on the ground. Should have thrown a touchdown pass if the receiver didn't catch it. But the receiver didn't catch it. New Orleans did get the team win over the New York football giants. Fred Warner once again led the Niners with 10 tackles and a loss to the Chargers. Uh, Warner continues to do work for San Francisco. He has over 40 tackles in four weeks. Incredible. Kyle Benoit had four tackles and a win versus the Miami Dolphins and a recovered fumble. Nice. Jamal Williams had 11 carries for 27 yards for the Packers and a win over the Bills. Michael Davis made a tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I done that. And had a forced fumble and a victory over Fred Warner's San Francisco 49ers. Volleyball. Number one ranked BYU women's volleyball beat Portland on Saturday in three. The Cougars, 15-0 and on the season, haven't dropped a set in West Coast Conference play. And in September, went 33-1 and in sets played. <laughs> <laughs> USA Volleyball won the bronze medal at the FIVB World Championships. Taylor Sander had nine points in a win over Serbia. Jake Langlois also recorded a kill. Cross Country. BYU's ranked second in the country in men's, and the BYU men won, uh, claiming five of the top ten spots. Number 11 women's cross country finished uh, number one at the Notre Dame Invitational as well, claiming three of the top five spots. This marks the second straight meet. Both teams have finished first. Very nice. Soccer. The BYU women. Off to a hot start in West Coast Conference play. They beat Portland 3-0 to move to 2-0 in the WCC. The Cougars have won six of the last seven matches after starting out the season 2-3-1. Elise Flake, as of this morning, named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. She scored goals in both games last week. And this just in, the uh, Ronnie Jones-Perry is the, the Women's Volleyball Player of the Week. Just surprise, barely, surprise! Barely happened. The men's soccer team wins the Aztec Cup, hosted in California last Friday. Cougars beat UC Santa Barbara 3-0 to end the four-game weekend. Tennis. Madison Almeida advanced to the semifinals of the ITA Gold Singles. Taylor Beckman and Samantha Smith advanced to the finals. ITA Blue Doubles. All three defaulted because BYU athletes don't compete on Sunday. Wait, what? Golf. 
The men's team took first at the William H. Tucker Invitational in Albuquerque for the second straight year. Cougars had three top ten finishes with Peter Quest leading the team, winning the uh, tournament himself. The Cougars start tournament playing the Nick Watley Invitational in Fres Yes. This week. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies scored 13 points, had four assists, two rebounds in a Zalgiris victory. Hockey. And last but not least, in the longest Cougar whip round in the five-year history of the maybe, program. Maybe. The BYU men's hockey team falls in overtime in the first home game of the season to Weber State, 4-3. to three. But, sorry, the second. Because on Friday, BYU beat Utah, Utah Valley. Valley. Yeah. Crushed them in fact. At one point, they were up 8-2. to two, And at that point, eight I was one like, even. Uh, BYU will win this game. <laughs> yes. In the old-timey hacky. Today's rise and shout, Jerem, belongs to who? The women's volleyball team for losing a single set in, in the month of September. That's incredible. One set. They've lost four sets all season. Two oh. of those came against the number two team in the country, Stanford. Also to cross country. Okay, cross country. Number two men, number 11 women doing work. Won the Notre Dame Invitational. Fantastic stuff from both those teams. Way to get her done. What did you learn from BYU football's loss at Washington? At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. One, that Washington is good. Two, BYU still has a lot of work to do before they will be ready to compete at the highest level. Still like the improvement I am seeing from last year. Hopefully this is just a bump in the road. It was a big bump. <sighs> yeah, it was a pothole, right? Yeah, and it did some damage to the undercarriage. I know all you about know, that. You know too well about that. <laughs> University Parkway! Fix it! The Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years at Tyson Peterson on Twitter. I learned when things are working together like little or no penalties, protecting the ball on less injuries, BYU beats a Wisconsin. When those things aren't working for BYU, they struggle against a Washington. Now we know what's needed to beat Utah State this Friday. Now we know. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to what I believe is the most underappreciated BYU quarterback of all time, John Walsh. Okay. 619. Stay tuned for Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rubel. It's next on both BYU TV and BYU Radio.